What's up, my fellow Route 16 Grind listeners? Thank you so much for listening to this special podcast. It's going to be a little bit different than the ones that you normally hear on the Route 16 Grind. It's going to be called Liberty Campfire. And it's essentially us sitting around, having a conversation, talking about the things, the problems in this country, having these hard conversations that we really need to have. Now, I know many of the listeners, now probably a good chunk of you, one of the reasons why you listen to the Route 16 Grind is kind of tone out a lot of that noise and stuff, but I think it's important that we all start become a little bit more involved into the direction of this company. The ownership's on us as a people. It just is. We can blame red, blue, all that. I do it. I'm right there with you. I think both parties are jackasses and they definitely are crooks and liars and all that, but they're in power because we put them there. That we have put them in there. We have to be better than that. And we have to start having these politicians truly earn our vote. And we have to look at the rule book, the Constitution. There, there it is. It's all laid out what the powers of government are, what the responsibilities are. And this craziness that thinking that we need more government in our lives just blows me away because that is not land of the free. So I brought on Shane Hazel. We both just kind of like, all right, hey, let's just get on and do a recording. And then we're putting on HR podcast. And Shane was the first person I thought of when I was thinking about doing this segment. It's one of the things that way months back when the presidential election was coming up and stuff. And I brought on uh, Joe Jurgensen. I brought on Spike Cohen, both of them libertarian candidates, uh, you know, Joe being the president and the uh, presidential candidate for the libertarian party and Spike Cohen being the vice presidential candidate vice presidential candidate. Very good. Uh, Spike's interview. I mean, you guys need to go back to that one. That was just a, a, a great conversation with him. And, you know, this right here, this conversation I have with Shane, it's, it's, it's very informal and it's very much a conversation and we have fun with it. And we're, but we're having hard conversation. We're sharing ideas. We're sharing just the things that are frustrating us. And I'm willing to have you on here. Yeah. I'm talking to you. Everyone is a listener and you're like, man, Hey, just, Honestly, give me a hit me up. Let's talk about it. You know, when we exchange ideas and we communicate, we stop with all just the the Facebook bullshit and all these other things, the tit for tat. And it's crazy. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about it as people, not through machines and, and all these other things. We need to have these conversations. When I shouldn't say machines, I should say through social media. You, you know what I mean. Regardless, you, you know where I'm coming from, or at least you hope you do. We do not engage. We, we've had, we've gone through a really rough year and what happened this week, what's been happening last year with all this violence and people thinking that it's okay. It's wrong. Violence is violence and, and wrong is wrong. I mean, there's no reason why someone should be threatening somebody just because something didn't go their way or they didn't get something or they feel the, the need to destroy someone's business or go into the, the people's house and make a mess of it and, and make it into a social media frenzy, thinking that that is the way you make change. I get it. People are pissed off. I get it. I, I'm disappointed in many different things. That is not the way to handle that. And you can disagree with me on that. And that's okay. And I'm fine with that. I just feel that if we really want to achieve the end goal, there's a different way to do it. And we should go about the probably the one that I feel is the most appropriate. We hold the people we are elected, regardless of party, accountable to the Constitution. And we don't do that. Let's start there. Let's get involved there. So yeah, Shane and I, we talk about a lot. I mean, there might be some things that might ruffle some of y'all's feathers. Uh, we do use some uh, choice words. So if you have little ones around, you may want to uh, go ahead and 
you know, have the headphones on and stuff. We're, we're honest about it. We're, we're having those. Shane and I both served in the Marine Corps. We both went to war. We, we served a country that we loved. So if you think that we don't love this country, you're absolutely wrong. I'll, I'll tell every one of you. There's anyone that knows me knows I love this country. I just want this country to run in the idea of what it is to truly be that country, that beacon of true freedom. That beacon where no matter who you are, what you are, you can get out of bed and you can be successful. Whatever you choose to be in life, you no one is going to harm you because you are that. You matter. You matter. When I'm out on the trail, I feel the most free. When I'm out hunting, when I'm outdoors, when I'm around some of you, when we're out doing an event or something, I just feel so alive and so free. That's what America is. Why can't we have that every day? It's because we allow this wedge between us as a people. And it's these politicians that go in there and they just get people in a frenzy to choose sides. When you have a concept that a person is bigger than the idea of the image of America, that is wrong. That's essentially saying, I want a king. I want a queen. I'm sorry. That's not us. We fought for our freedom to remove that type of power over us, but we're slowly moving toward something like that. That is not America. So that's, you know, I'm, I don't want to get ahead of, of myself here. And you know, there's a lot of things that Sharing and I talk about. And I, I'm hoping that you listen to the whole podcast. I really do. And I encourage you to do so. I don't have intro, outro, any of that stuff. It's, you know, straight up raw right now. I'm still kind of thinking, hey, how is this all going to put together? And I will. I mean, the great thing about having your own podcast is you can do this. And the great thing about person that truly cares is you're willing to do stuff like this. And I really care. I care about this country. I And I, I, I care the fact that, you know, the actions we do today will impact my kids, your kids, and the future of this country. And I want to protect this country so much. I want to protect the idea of America, but we have to get involved. We have to get involved. And I'm hoping that these segments and the things I also share on the normal Route 1 Grind podcast, the little tidbits that I offer you, uh, more outside focus, and that's going to stay that way. It's going to be, you know, all surrounded to the outdoors. I'm hoping that you capture it and you do something with that information that I'm sharing. I really do. And I'm not the best one at it, but I'm doing my best and I'm going to give you my best. Anything I can do to help you on your path to get involved in your community or get involved with a solid group that is looking to protect the the idea of truly a land of the free, not the land of me. I'm willing to help you out wherever I can. So with all that said, I want to go ahead and start and bring you to the Route 16 Grind segment, Liberty Campfire. What's up, Shane? What up, BP? <laughs> hey, man, I'm glad that you could do this. I, I know it's kind of, you got, you're moving in your house, you're doing all your stuff, you took the time, and I think we're both comfortable sitting in our messy rooms. <laughs> I'm moving in my little area. <laughs> you know, you know I, mean, I would jump through damn fire for you, brother. Oh, yeah, man. Well, we actually been through fire together, so that's yeah. kind of the way to do it. <laughs> exactly. We set some fires, but... uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, I really appreciate you doing this, man. And for you all, let you know, and I'll probably do an intro on the show at some point, but talking to Shane Hazel, Shane and I were in the Marines together. We're both at First Force Reconnaissance Company. Uh, We spent time in the Iraq war together, went to the same platoon, did deployment. We also went over with the company in an initial movement. So we spent a lot of time together in those aspects. And, you know, Shane and I obviously have stayed in touch uh, over the years. And Shane has been, I'll let him go through his whole repertoire, but the big reason I want to talk to Shane, and I think it's important that you all kind of give him an opportunity to listen to some of his points is, you know, Shane puts himself out there. He's a person that wants to give every American the opportunity to have as much liberty as possible as that was promised to them in the Constitution. And with that said, Shane, you got the floor, man. Oh, man. What a what a gracious intro. Um, for my audience, this is Brian Plummer. Uh, he kind of explained uh what what we've been through together um uh, brian has been on a, a show if you're a long time listener um on radical actually when i first got started again yeah uh early in 2020 probably aprilish man it's somewhere around there are yeah you kidding me what the fuck happened this year can i cuss on your show absolutely man oh okay. do it yeah, you, you do it all over my i don't head. know if i yeah. clip the right you know hey this is a bad word one but i just roll with it dude <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 for, my, for my guys, I know they they know we're we're going to be very adult in our in yeah. conversation here. But also, you know, we, we if, if this is the most outrageous thing we're talking about, you know, if that's I, I always tell people that look, man, the murders and the thieves that are out there running this, you know, god awful government. You know, if, if you're offended by my cussing and not by that kind of stuff, you, you need to go and get a reality check. But yeah, man, I'm, I, I guess um, yeah, we, we just wrapped up. Um, the Georgia Senate race down here, people hate my guts. It's it's amazing. Um, you know, I wasn't even on the ticket this time around, and um, you know, it was a runoff between uh, David Perdue and John Ossoff, and you know, I I ran, um, you know, at you know at the call of the LP. Uh, I joined the LP back in twenty late twenty eighteen. And um, they asked me to come in and, and be uh, part of their convention. And I was, you know, was like, yeah, you know, I'll come in. Somebody nominated me for Senate and got the nomination. And obviously, uh, you know, we November 3rd came around. We, we took or stole, as they, everybody else will tell you, right? Uh, you stole the, the Democrat votes. You stole the Republican votes. And I was just like, dude, you know. These are libertarians. Libertarians don't vote for you dipshits anymore. And and I don't want to be, you know, totally offensive to maybe some of the people out there that are, you know, either neocons or, or, you know, progressives or conservatives or whatever, you know, you find yourself as like, you're all welcome here, but we're going to speak the truth. And so, you know, like we earn every damn vote we get, um, ended up getting 115,000 votes without spending. So awesome, dude. Dying, man. And so, you know, it, it, it really, and it was two times that, you know, Joe Jorgensen, who was a libertarian nominee for president, um, you know, we did at least two times what she got, I think. And, you know, it kind of sent ripples through not only, I think, the liberty circles, but definitely down here in the South. And, and I mean, gosh, I mean, we're still seeing what's the, the after effects of what happened. And so, you know, I, I invited David Perdue, the Republican, and John Ossoff, the Democrat, onto my show to sit down for an hour and try to earn 115,000 votes. Give them, give them a policy. Give them something to, you know, to, to energize them to say, hey, you know what? I'll go cast a vote for you. 
And I had, you know, Rand Paul came in, tested the waters and, you know, had a great conversation with him. But at the end of the day, Rand Paul had to sit here and say, yeah, man, there's no difference between the Republicans and the Democrats anymore, but there's we're slightly yep. better. I remember listening our, to that episode, man. And yeah, it was and a little bit disappointing was, on that end. Oh, it, it, it did. Right. Like as soon as somebody, you know, you can be polite and you can still kind of grill a guy and be like, there's no difference. And he's like, well, we're slightly better. But the whole time he only Rand only got to talk about himself. He didn't get to, he didn't talk about David Perdue's nope. record. And nope. so you know, what I tell people all the time is, Hey, you know, look, David Perdue, if you're, if you're a red blooded American, right. You know, part of the MAGA crowd and all, you know, whatever it is, and you consider yourself a patriot and you don't know the constitutional voting score of your representatives, whether they're in the U S house or the U S Senate, and you vote, you're doing everybody in this country a disservice because that voting record should should be an A, right? Like if, if you go to work and you don't perform, you know, 10% of the time, most of the time you're gonna get fired, right? Like if, right. if you're if if you're a B person in this world these days, you're getting fired, man. And these guys, David Perdue had a 20% constitutional voting record. And you try to tell Republicans this and they're like, no way. And they just don't want to be you know, found out as gullible, right? Just listening to the rhetoric and listening to the talking points. And I was like, yeah, man, do you understand his whole, his, his 2020 and his overall scores are less than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. And you just, it's you, crazy. You point this out to people and they, they can't believe it or they do believe it and they go, Man, I had no idea. And so, you know, we we went out and we kept, you know, we, we invited him on and they didn't show up. I talked to David for an hour on the phone one day. He said he was coming. Rand Paul came in. He saw what was going to happen to him. And like a chicken shit coward, you know, they could send men and women off to never ending war year after year after year. He can't sit down and defend his constitutional voting record with people in the liberty crowd and try to gain those votes, the people that are standing for peace and liberty and free markets and the Constitution, you know, like you can't spend an hour trying to make something happen with these people. And he only needed in the, in the, in the overall runoff or the overall general, he only needed like 17,000 votes, man. Yep, it's nuts. Well, I mean, so we're going to roll back a little bit because I, I want to make sure. People who are kind of like on the fence or just not informed there. There's someone saying, yeah, I want to remove myself from the talking heads. I want to, re- but I need good information. Where do I go? So you said a lot of great things that you were referencing. So a little bit more background here. So Shane has run for office. Uh, actually, technically you're running three times because you're running for governor. Uh, you know, this next go around, we'll get to that. Like, that's crazy, but I, I, I'm really excited about it. So Shane, uh, ran, uh, for, a representative actually as a, initially as a Republican ticket, yep. uh, try to try to get on that one. And, you know, he's not bought and paid for. And that's what makes you scary because you are a principal person. I can say that personally because I have known you for years. I've worked with you in the most stressful environments. You are a principal person and you're going to say something and you're going to hold true. And that's what makes you scary is you can't be bought. And it sounds so odd to say that when someone's running for office. Like right. we're, we accept as citizens that are, 
politicians are going to be corrupted, but we're just going to try and find maybe the least corrupt one. And, and the fact that Rand Paul kind of like alluded to that, well, we're just not as corrupt as that. That's how I kind of looked at it. And I'm like, you're still corrupt. Corruption's corruption is corruption. Um, so Shane, Shane has run for office there. He's actually run under the libertarian ticket for Senate. He's the guy that truly uh, is being blamed for the reason why the, the two Republicans had to go to a runoff with the Democrats. There's nothing saying that you know, Shane took Republican votes. He might've took more Democrat votes. We don't know that. And I explained this to people. Like when I go to libertarian meetups, I, I believe it or not, I meet more Democrats, former Democrats than I do Republicans. At least that's my experience. And m- people, I mean, they're just like, I don't believe it. It's like, well, believe it. Cause I'm talking to people who absolutely were on that side because it's supposed to be the party of peace, the party of anti-war, the party of this. And obviously they're not Well, Republicans are supposed to be the party of, you know, fiscal con- conservation, right. And yeah. small government. Oh my gosh. And the crazy part about it with our, you know, politicians is they will tell you up front and the, you know, with all these laws that they pass. And I think the Nancy Pelosi example is probably the best one. Well, we need to pass it so we know what's in it. And they tell the American people that, well, that makes sense. We, well, yeah, we got to pass it so that yeah, we can read it. Right. It's because people don't know how a freaking bill moves. And so I want to make sure, like, so when you talk about a constitutional score, what does that mean? How, how does someone get that? And, and sure. why is that bad when it's below a certain percentage rating? So, you, a lot of you guys may have heard of the John Birch Society. They're the guys that do it. If you don't know the John Birch Society, these guys are damn they're, – they're like me in terms of understanding the Constitution. Like they are autistic or asperger whatever, you know, like this focus and attention to detail on a governing contract. And they're not a PAC, so they're, you know, they're, they're not giving money to candidates. And they all they do – is I mean, if you've ever been to any of their meetings, I've been to a couple of them, and they are very, very well studied people. They're historians, and I mean, truly, you know, they they are published historians. And the one thing that they really, 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 really fucking care about is the Constitution of the United States. And I will tell you right now, I'm an anti-federalist. So when I give credence to, you know, basically the Federalists, if, if we're talking about, you know, 1776 uh, onward, you know, where, or I should say 1786, where they, you know, we start to have the Constitutional Convention. I think the Constitution was a coup by what the anti-Federalists called the aristocratic combination. And this, I know that I'm, I'm stretching an answer out, but. No, you're to, good. This is good stuff. People need would, to understand this. Yeah. We need to go I want backwards. People to understand that I don't agree with JBS, but JBS has dialed in this constitutional voting metric. So when they take a vote on any bill, whether it's the Senate or whether it's Congress, they grade that representative as how he voted. Is it in line with the Constitution or is it outside the Constitution? So, example, right? These ridiculous. You know, continuing resolutions that we've had for basically, I don't know, since we started the war back in 2001, um, you know, that's not going to be constitutional. Why? Because first and foremost, they aren't spending bills. It's not a budget. It, it, it doesn't, you know, coincide with Article 7, Section 1 of the Constitution. And so they'll score it. Hey, this person voted in line or I should say in line with the constitution by not passing the bill with their vote, or they voted in line with it um, or out of line with it by voting for it. And, you know, you you see this over and over and they explain every one of these for every representative 
in the U.S. Congress and the U.S. Senate. So it is a great metric for looking at it with real, you know, honesty about where these people are spending their time and their vote. And you see, like, I mean, here in Georgia, you know, everybody's like, it's a red state. Well, when I found out, like, you know, when I was I ran for U.S. Congress uh, in 2018 against this guy named Rob Woodall, he had a 50 percent. You know, like that's it's a hell of a lot better than David Perdue. But at the same time, you're you're not doing your job right half the time. And this and it's important because that is how we are supposed to interact with each other. These this is the rules for interacting as a as a group of people. This is what keeps you know, order. This is what keeps us from descending into chaos, not anarchy, but chaos. And I, you know, it's, if you're, if you're going to have, you know, a different set of rules for some people and not for the same, you know, for the common people, you're going to get chaos. And this is where, you know, we're at because of all these arbitrary policies and laws and bureaucracy and, you know, war and this is all, all of them. And so, you know, this is this is how I came to understand. Uh, you can find it. It's uh, uh, American. Let's see. It's JBS oh, Freedom Index is what it's called. Uh, the Freedom Index. Uh, and I believe it's either dot com or dot org. But you'll look on there and you'll just kind of, uh, you know, type in, you know, where you are and uh, who your representatives are. Or if you don't know, you know, go ahead and, you know, make sure you fix that. But it's. It's really just a, a quick place to learn a little bit about how they vote. And then there's a couple other places that I really like to go. There's a, um, there's a website called Open Secrets. And Open Secrets will tell you how everybody is funded, right? Whether it's a PAC that's getting giving them money, whether it's a private person, um, you know, giving them money. And you can see how much they donate. So, you know, there, there's a paper trail a mile long in terms of FEC reporting and all this kind of stuff for these guys. Um, and the last one I like, um, this guy named, uh, Jonathan Bidlack started it. He was, um, I want to say the treasurer for one of, uh, Ron Paul's last runs and spending tracker is basically how much money has your representative voted to authorize, whether it passed or didn't pass, like how much money has this guy authorized with his votes? And so between those three things, you can really paint a great picture of what somebody's doing in D.C. and, and why they're doing what they're doing. And I'll tell you what, like the, he, even here in the state of Georgia, every Republican here might enjoy a 60, maybe just a, a pinch over that um, in terms of their constitutional voting record. And that's Republicans. This is this is why the GOP is now dead. Right. I agree with you. I, 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 uh, I tell you what, I, I had hopes for Trump. I think he was saying some good things. I didn't necessarily agree with, uh, some things as he was coming in. Um, but I was really looking at the war. Let's you know, talk about that. It's, it's never been declared by Congress. And I think part right. of the problem too is, you know, the power of the country is really, in my opinion, a, a pyramid. So it starts with the people and it works its way up to where this president is not this monarch where he can just, uh, you know, do whatever he wants or she can do whatever he wants if we ever elect a woman president. And, you know, three separate powers of government equal but separate. And that's the other thing I think people forget. And then when you look at it, we have given up the power because we elect these idiots and un- they're people who aren't even qualified to run 
half their lives. And that's, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, hey, they have a great chant. They they just they just are really, you know, handsome or really good looking. Uh, they got all these, you know, friends and fans. They have all these followers on social media. They got to be great. And they get an office and they just get bought and paid for. And then like Congress, you know, the, the whole cowardice of the whole war thing where they just, well, we're just going to ship that over to, you know, the president. And, you know, it's, it's not really a war, but they've been funding it. Funny. I mean, we were just printing money off. Like, I don't oh, think the dollar's really worth anything. I think we just add zeros in a digital environment and say, oh, look, we got more money. Here you go. People, people need to wrap their head around the fact that this year we went into, well, I should say we spent one third of the entire U.S. histories over 240 damn years debt in one year. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. It's going up almost what forty k. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, yeah, and that's the thing is, like, they, they Congress has advocated all their damn power. You know, now you've got Senate. You know, trying to, you know, that'll put forth bills, and obviously nobody reads anything anymore, and they just vote on it. They're like, oh yeah, what the fuck ever. Because why? Because they're comfortable. They make right. one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year, and they can retire after after a term. And I, I sitting there going like. Well, yeah, no shit. Like, why would you, you know, like the incentive to do whatever these people want you to do so that they, you'll just keep getting reelected. So you have a cake job where you go and smooth with people and eat fancy fucking dinners. All you get time. on a board, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And Dude, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, gross, it's crazy. You know, and you mentioned bills, man, and, and that's something my last podcast I brought out because I'm, I'm going to slowly but surely bring more kind of liberty stuff in. I, I kind of been doing that. And on my website, you can go to Congressional Bill. There will be two bills on there that about outside kind of stuff because obviously my podcast is a lot about outdoor stuff. But I, I walked through the whole process of the bill and, you know, where you could go like Congress.gov and GovTracker, the two ones that I mentioned. The, people need to really get involved because Honestly, I don't think most of our elected leaders even read a bill. They poll it and go, okay, well, I'm going to vote this way based off whatever the poll is and or whatever the conglomerate of the group is. And that makes who, who, who no damn my, sense. Who, who are my guys who are calling me, telling me if I don't vote for this, I don't get money. Right? Like yeah. that's, that's what they do. If, if, if you're, if, if you think that these guys, you know, don't call their biggest supporters or have their biggest supporters calling them because let's face it. Most of their funding, you know, their biggest supporters or protections through bureaucratic policy and other bullshit is wrapped into these bills, whether they're a spending bill or whether, you know, they're, they're you know, passing a law. And those people pay like they call them and say, hey, you need to get this through and you need to you need to vote yes or no. Right. And that's that's the truth, because when election time comes around, they want that money. Money buys air, money buys print, money buys all this kind of stuff. And I'll tell you, you know, from experience is if you're not spending money in media, they don't give a shit about you, man. They will they will completely black you out. They are not there to be objectionably truthful. They are not there. You know, obviously, nobody trusts any, the, most of the media anymore. But that's yeah. what they do in terms of like third party candidates that aren't paying, you know, what would they spend? Two hundred trillion dollars just on this part of the election, the runoff, and you're like, man, it's crazy. It is yeah. nuts. That money's come from from so many areas of influence, and you, you know, I, it's what kind of bothers me. And one of the things that I just was 
like when I ever first heard libertarian, or I heard, you know, libertarian party, you didn't really take it serious. You're like, what is that? You, and I think that's one of the things most people, when they never really, they just, all they know is, you know, blue or red, blue or red. And then when you start diving in, it's like, whoa, wait a second. These people actually want to give me more freedom or better yet, actually give me the freedom I actually deserve based off of the fact there are my natural rights. I mean, and people are fearful that they're like, well, we don't have government. Everything's going to collapse. Um, <laughs> oh, it's just, Eric July say, fuck them OS roads. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. People that they that, and it has just been a big ploy where government and that's why both parties are the same because they're just, you know, different angle of how they're working to control you. And the argument is who has power over the other? Like you're seeing these discussion on social media and they're just idiotic. They're not even with any real substance. And you know what? I would really like to, and I think it'd be great for our listeners for you kind of like discuss you know, what happened at the Capitol. Um, there's a lot of social media out there. Actually like the, the, the guy with the freaking uh, Buffalo hat, you know, you got people like, you know, Hey, sure. uh, Q sent him was one of those things. And then you had uh, where, you know, he might be Antifa. Then you have, yeah. Oh, he's a full Trump supporter. There's all sorts of propaganda on that one dude right now because he's the most recognizable one. So what's going on? What happened without what? How do you, why do you see that that happened? And then, you know, where do we go from there? Well, I, I think if you, if you've seen um, the opening bit last night for Tucker Carlson, man, God, I think you nailed it. Um, and I, I was thinking the same thing. I, I kind of did a, a Facebook live. Uh, I oh, I watched it. Yeah. Just, yeah. People just texted me right and left, man. Hey, you know, I'd really like to get your thoughts on what's going on right now because this, I mean, people are freaked the fuck out, man. Yeah. It's shameful, man. I mean, it's it's sad that that happened. And, you know, someone said today on social media and a really good dude, and I'm not trying to, but he said, you know, I'm just so embarrassed being American right now. I said, you know what? I'm not embarrassed to be American. No. I'm embarrassed about Americans doing these things that are embarrassing. Yes. And, and, and I'll tell you, man, this, so this is, I want people to see this, you know, th- th- everybody thinks that, you know, history is through a single lens and most of the time it's the victors, right? But let's, let's, let's understand this year, you know, I've seen what I consider a psyop on America. There is, there's so much information. There's so much misinformation. There's truth sprinkled on, you know, complete bullshit. And then there is, you know, a whole bunch of truth with a lacing of bullshit. And so you've got, you've got this you know, climate where people have been locked down, their livelihoods have been destroyed. They are all piss the fuck off and they the rightly so because when you are you know when you're labeled non-essential by your government yeah you're told not you're to non-essential that's yeah, nuts man fear fucking you know fear mongering where they're like yeah man this this you know you you would coronavirus basically you would think people were falling over dead like at you know 40 50 percent and that wasn't the case right we found out that yeah you know if you're old and you're kind of on your fucking way out anyway like people do they die you know if they get a pneumonia whether they get a cold or they get a flu whatever like old people who are sick die every year and yes i know some some you know people are talking about statistics being a little higher but my i, I think what you're seeing is after decades and decades and decades of a government using force and coercion against peaceful people, whether it's drugs or guns or whatever, like these are all rights. They're not, they're not liberties. They are rights. And, and, and a right is something that 
is a that predates any government ever existing was what man walking around smoking plants before government existed hell yeah they were yeah that, were they were they yeah. sharpening spears yeah they were they you know putting together um you know plows and stuff like that and, and working the land and hunting and gathering before governments existed you're damn right they were and so if it existed before them then they have the right to do it in in somewhere whether they know that or not in the back of their brain they feel this kind of stuff and so people who you know use cannabis aren't aren't criminals they're not murdering they're not raping they're not killing and if they are they are a criminal but that the the smoking of you know or ingesting or whatever uh with cannabis doesn't make you a criminal for god's sakes no more than owning a fully automatic machine gun makes you a criminal right you have the rights to defend your life liberty and property and that's not in this country that is every human on this planet has that right so when they are abused by the system where the system claims to be a victim, which it can't because it's a legal fiction, you know, you start to see these people get agitated. We had this, this summer and, and trust me, I'm not defending BLM more than I'm you know, going to defend the, the MAGA nation that went into the nation's capital. Right. Like, but I understand, I understand that a lot of people in urban communities are pissed off with law enforcement. They have had their lives destroyed, you know, people destroyed by the government and, you know, being the most incarcerated people in the world with, you know, a a fraction land of the free. That's crazy, man. Right. So those people are super pissed off. Lots of them die. Lots of them get beat the fuck up by police and they get caged and they're sick of it. And I get it. On the other hand, you've got, Every, you know, every, and I'll tell you right now, understand what election laws you have in your state. Most people don't pay any attention to election laws. Like here in Georgia, we have the most draconian damn election laws. And I don't say that, you know, that's hyperbole. It's literally the hardest thing to do is get on the ballot if you're not a Democrat or a Republican in the state of Georgia. And even if you do, by chance, get on the damn ballot. There is a runoff system down here that guarantees that you're not going to be even considered for that seat. So you have Republicans who see, and I should say, let's, let's say Trumpers because the GOP is not the Trumpers and it's not the magnation. It's not even close. So you've got these people who see their dude who is, you know, who they view as an outsider get in and he is just beat to death 24, seven, 365 for four years. Yep. And then all of a sudden on election night, some weird shit happens, man. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say Trump won or Trump lost. I have no idea, but I'll tell you right now, our elections in terms of the machines and how they count and how they access, you know, uh, people who are, are monitoring those people are super pissed. So they, they, they feel like they're getting shut out on social media, which they are. Um, and nobody hears them. So what's their, what's their final straw, right? Like it's, it's this election we're done, right? Like they have no confidence in the system. They have no confidence in the police. They have no confidence in the bureaucrats. They have no confidence in the voting. It is literally a banana Republic now. And when you have this much frustration and you have this much departure from the constitution and our, our rights and this intrusion and violence, violence begets violence 
or as Ron Paul called it, blowback. And yeah. So what, what you're seeing is blowback. The people are done. And rightly, I, I think rightly and, and righteously, you can be super pissed and say, look, you guys got to change it. And I'll tell you, you know, the tyrants don't listen. You know, and that's the thing is they don't listen. They double down and they double down and they double down. And this is what I want to get across to everybody because I hadn't really thought of it until last night. I was doing a little you know, thought experiment. And these are acts of war. When they violate the rights of the people, those are acts of war on a scale of over 300 million here in the United States alone. And so when you see acts of war over and over and over again perpetrated on your countrymen, understand that maybe you're okay right now and you're still, you know, you guys are putting ends together. And, but there are some people who aren't. There are some people who have lost their jobs or their entire livelihood that they spent decades and decades and decades putting together, sacrificing, working their ass off, you know, getting up before dawn and going to bed after their family's asleep, like that kind of dedication to, to grinding out a little bit of freedom on this rock flying through space and they just fucked them and maybe yep. they invaded their house or maybe they, they, they kicked in their door and killed their brother or their sister or their girlfriend over a plant. Maybe it wasn't even their house and they got the wrong house. That's the thing is these are acts of war and they're those people. They're desperate. They are holding on to reality by a thread, man. And they don't know any other way to express themselves than violence now because nothing else has worked. And that's where I get to is like, damn it, man. Like I want to sit here and tell everybody no, but listen, I haven't been aggressed upon as hard as a lot of other people have because I don't let it happen. Right. And, but some people, they let it happen. They let it happen. They let it happen. And where are they, man? We're, we're sitting at this precipice of, I don't know, man, I, I feel like we just do this over and over in history because this just keeps fucking happening. And you're just like, well, I guess those of you that want to go and kill each other are going to go kill each other. And I hate to be that guy, but like, man, I see it now. And it's just like, man, I don't know. Well, like, you I, know, I pray for peace. You, you know, that, I'm glad you said that. Cause I want to make clear to people listening. Cause I, I know you like, I want to be very clear here. Shane's not trying, he's given dialogue and he, he's not trying to incite violence. Like that's no. one of the things people, when they, they listen to just like, if we just took a clip, they're like, Oh man, this guy's just trying to incite violence. Not absolutely. You're trying to do opposite, but you're also understanding. And what I love about talking with you, Shane is we can have hard discussions. Like you yeah. brought up, like the problem is people, there's this like thinking like, oh, if, hey, if I support the troops, well, how about we support troops by bringing them home because these wars are freaking stupid, you know, like yeah. we've been at war for 20 years and, you know, both of us are veterans. We fought in wars. We deployed, you know, all that. And when you actually look at this and go, what is going on? And I've, you know, after I got out, I served as a contractor in, in, in different environments, uh, supporting DOD and and you're looking at it. Okay. 
it doesn't seem like anybody's really trying hard to actually end this. And I don't mean that out of a disrespectful way, but it just seems more of a business money machine than it is a, hey, here is what success looks like. Let's achieve this. Because I guarantee you, you give these people, these these generals and these troops, hey, this is what success is. Boom. A clear, no kidding, like one, two sentence. This is success. This is what it looks like. Go. They will achieve it. No doubt in my mind, we have the best military hands down in the world. They will achieve it. The problem is we do not give them that clear, uh, fine line. So if we don't give them that, they shouldn't be over there because when we lose somebody, I mean, it breaks my heart. I don't even have to know them. It breaks my heart because I don't know how you write that letter because they're not dying. You know, as lovely once once we want to say is that, hey, they're protecting the country. Are they? Well, I mean, look how free we are. You, I mean your businesses have to wear masks and, and follow strict cleaning and can only run at 50% capacity or, or whatever the, the arbitrariness is of it of 2020 and 2021. And you're just like, we're not free, man. Whatever we, whatever we've been doing for 20 years overseas is not working. It's not making it. Yeah. We, we've got, you know, we, we've got the, the, the government we deserve for one, but most of those people, you know, minus maybe Thomas Massey, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, um, Andy Biggs and Justin Amash, who are the only dudes on Capitol Hill with an A average in terms of constitutional voting record, like that's a that's a problem. And yeah. you know, I, I agree with you. Like you know, we haven't declared war. What we're doing overseas is absurd. You know, if you guys haven't heard Scott Horton, um, man, I'll tell you what he's a he's a just a bot when it comes to understanding. You know, the, the history of the Middle East and what's transpired there and why, obviously, you know, we as a government corporate cabal um, of international interest at this point. Right. Like that's what it is. Right. They say it's American interest. Well, you know, it's not even American interest anymore. It's international interest. And that's why when they pass these bailouts and you get, you know, a fraction of a, a 900, what was uh, was it? Two trillion? This time it was, yeah, it was something stupid, man. I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't even look at the number anymore. I just know it's like crazy because it's, it's mostly going to the people that the <laughs> banks and yeah, it's crazy. It is absolutely insane. And what people like women's studies in Pakistan. What are they studying? Uh, yeah. Studies just code word for like we're funding sex trafficking because I feel like the, that's what murderers and thieves and kidnappers fucking do is they just take our money and they export it to wherever, you know, they're running these, you know, yeah. Really, I don't. This is what I think is the black market, right? I don't think drugs is black market. I think the pedophile and sex, you know, sex kidnapping trade. I think that's yeah. black market shit, right? The the human trade um, market is is black market, and I think you know these prob- these guys are probably as deep in it as they can be. Given you know guys like AG Barr. Um, have been around since the seventies running around with George Herbert Walker Bush. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm long winded on some of this kind of stuff. It's just like, there's so much history here in terms of what's transpired. And it's like, man, we got to focus here. And if they're, I, I always, you know, put this out there too. It's like, Hey, if you're thinking about joining the military, man, we need you to fight here. And that that's not in, in uniform. Like we need you here on the ground working in your communities, trying to affect people's minds with liberty. Just, right. just give them, give them that pill, right? Like, Hey, here's that first pill. Here's a question for you. You know, go scratch that itch that you got. And you know, that's, 
I'll tell you what, that's what I, that's what I'm hopeful about. Yeah. I, I, I really, I do everything I can to, um, try to un- have people understand that you really support the troops, you know, make sure their lives are worth something, just putting them out there to put them out there because it looks good for voting, you know, like, so, Hey, I get more votes if I have a war going on. Cause that's yeah. again, like, well, I'm going to support the troops and the same thing with law enforcement. I have buddies who are law enforcement. I mean, it, it breaks my heart because they're, you know, they're good cops, but yeah. they also will tell you, yeah, there are bad cops. And a lot of them will say it's the union's fault, man. Like I have, I've had talks with them. They'll, they'll say, Hey, it's the union's fault. And then, um, you know, well, they don't know what they don't know either. Right. I mean, and, and, and I, I try to, I try to, like I said, you know, trying to be understanding of people's past. Like I didn't, I, I remember where I was when I read John Taylor Gatto. We were sitting there on the mech, right. In Fallujah. Mm-hmm. And we had that giant green tent. You remember like this, this oh, yeah. tent we were hanging out in. I was reading the Odyssey when you're probably reading that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I was laying in my rack and it was after uh, it must have been like mid to late December because we were about to wrap up shop over there. Yeah. And we got we had a little downtime. Finally got a shower after a month or whatever it was. And I was laying in this rack and I'm reading John Taylor Gatto, who's talking about, you know, where people are, are indoctrinated by their government here in the United States and where it came from. And, you know, they're like, yeah, man, they did all this kind of stuff back in Prussia. You know, in in the 1700s and 1800s, so that everybody would want to go fight for the state, they'd feel patriotic. And you're like, oh shit! You know, like I'm in the middle of a war over here, like the biggest battle that there was. And like, man, I got fucking had. But you know, like that, the cops don't like they're like every other American that's been indoctrinated by their government and has you know 24 seven news blasting into their little brains. You know, it's it's you're going to be this way or you're going to be that way. And it's culture driven or with the home you grew up driven. You're going to be this way or that way. And they're never, ever, ever really exposed to what true liberty is all about. Right. And, you know, it's just these, you know, it's just all rhetoric and platitudes and, and nothing, you know, nothing of meat and real substance where you can dive and go, man, you know, like anti-federal. So we never heard of those dudes in in any of our groups, you know, you may have heard of some of the federalists, those guys, man, the criminals, damn aristocratic combination wanted, you know, all the, all the cash cows they could have out there so that they could feed themselves off of taking people's money by force and coercion. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I, I always learn something more when I talk to you too. And, and, and I'm hoping everyone is really capturing and writing some of the stuff down that Shane's throwing out there because you should be looking this stuff up. This is stuff you need to dive in. And I loved a little bit earlier, you mentioned about getting community involvement. And I agree. We, we need people here to get involved. And one of the things that I did, because I, I just got tired of being the guy, angry guy on the couch going, I can't believe this is happening. Right. And, <laughs> right. you know, so you're like, I got to do something. So, yeah. you know, and I got to also look at reality like, hey, what does my time management look like? I mean, I I do all this stuff. I do my brand stuff. I actually have a job job. And, you know, obviously I have kids and wife and, you know, got to balance it all. And I know you respect that. You, you're like, cool. you're the same right. thing. You're a producer. And I started a, there's for 10 years, I've actually been trying to start a community emergency response team here in my village. 10 years, dude. And it's because they're like, Hey, we're love to do it, but we need someone to take ownership of it, which is understandable. And I was running all over the world at that time. And finally I had to a point in my life. I didn't have to do that. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do it. My degrees in it. I got all the courses for it. Good. 
And then I took ownership of it. What I love about it is it's starting the dialogue where you're taking something that we have in common and we want to do good for the community. Everyone there. Do you, I really believe that every one of us voted the same? Absolutely not. I can tell you that just by talking to some of the people. But I know at our core, we want to have a very good community and want to look out for each other. And it starts there. Then you start sharing your ideas and exchanging those things. And you have the hard conversations. You're going to disagree. But, hey, how about just respect each other after that disagreement instead of, you know, the FUs and I'm going to unfriend oh, you or, sure. or worse, where violence starts. And that's where we're at. And the thing about it is we're fighting over like you know, the whole Braveheart, like, you know, scraps off the table, you know, like yeah. you, you really are. You're not even fighting for the thing that matters. You're you're fighting for a candidate who is really oppressing you. I don't care which candidate you voted for. You voted red or blue. They're an oppressor. That's my honest opinion. You yeah. can disagree with me all you want. And you're voting for which oppressor do you approve of? That's it. <laughs> or you're less fearful of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really it. And, and then from there, you just accept it because they're on your side and that's, oh yeah. I mean, the reality that people, I, I just, the, like people who are educated, highly educated in years of school can sit there and say, Hey, we just need to vote blue no matter who. Yeah. Like that is a no kidding thing. And I was like, okay, that's dumb. That's, that's really dumb. You're giving power to people as long as they have a blue sign. It, here, here's the, I'll tell you right now. And I'll tell you as I don't care if you're a, Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a libertarian. If somebody doesn't earn your fucking vote, right? Don't vote. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to tell you what. If somebody doesn't earn my vote, I don't vote for them. You, you, you don't get to. You don't get a pass because you're not them, right? Like I'm right. not. I, I'm I, the, when I stopped voting out of fear, and I think it was 2008, and I, it, I left the poll going, holy shit, that was great. But uh, right before I left, you know, I had that moment of hesitation. I'm telling you, like, I remember, you know, plain as day, like, am I not doing my duty in the back of my head? Like, am I not doing my duty? Am I taking this for granted that I have a choice? And then I said, you don't have a choice. Right. You don't have a choice, Shane. They put two people in, in, in front of you that you don't agree with. Is there another write-in? Sure, there was. Ron Paul. And I wrote in Ron Paul. And I was just like, look, when I walked out of there, man, I felt lifted. I felt like I didn't have this weight on my shoulders anymore. I just did something that I never thought I would have done in a million years because the system told me I had to do it. Right. Over and over. It's your patriotic duty. A lot of people fought and died for your right to vote. Well, you know what, man? I don't have, I wish I had somebody who was actually representing me. Right. And I mean, that, that weight, man, left, right. If you're voting straight ticket, it's an admission. And I, this is where I should have started with. It's an admission that you, first and foremost, don't know every candidate. You don't. You definitely don't know what their voting record is or what their policies are. And you believe rhetoric. You watch two much or listen to too much mass media, mainstream bullshit propaganda. And you're just regurgitating. Got to vote red. Got to vote straight ticket. Got to vote blue. Got to vote Democrat. You know, like it's the most important, important election of our time. Oh, every time. Right. Yeah. Time. 
And it's just like, yeah, man, uh, it, it, you, you could be right. It's the most important election of our time, but it's, you know, that's every election. So nice cliche. I, I look at it this way. Your vote is like, you know, the like, you know, back in the day we had those, you know, handshake deals and they were a bond and your word meant something. Yeah. I still like my son and you know, I'm, I'm really preaching that. Hey, your word means something. And I look at it that way. Your vote is your tell of who you are and, and what direction you want to go. And it's, it, to me, it's, it's almost where, yeah, you, you kind of, you know, I'm not saying this in a religious way, but it's like a belief, like, Hey, this is the person I feel confident that's going to represent me for the things I want to achieve. So if the things you want to achieve is have more power and oppress others, then that might be your person. But if right. you're a person that's looking at, Hey, I want someone that actually is going to, you know, not intervene, have, you know, less government, let try to have less control of my life because there really shouldn't be a lot of control in my life. I shouldn't have to, what I, one trick that I do with my son, cause I want to get a good grasp of taxes. My youngest son is yeah. whenever he has snacks like goldfish or whatever, dude, I'll walk by and say, what's up government. Boom. You know, I'll take a handful, dude, and just walk away. And like, I said, it's messed up, isn't it? I know they do that. In my paycheck, every paycheck, dude, they didn't earn that. I did. And here's the, here's the one of two outcomes. Either he gets used to it or he hates the government, right? Yeah. You know what? He said that one time. Say, Hey man, don't be telling everybody I hate the government. What I'm trying to say is I want the government to be what it should be. And there's a rule book. I want them to follow the rule book. And, and that's all, you know, and that goes back to the FARS with law enforcement and military, you know, absolutely not anti-military or anti-law enforcement. We want the accountability to happen, the same accountability we want with our politicians. Military lives matter. And I'm not saying that for a slogan. I'm saying that because these people go out. These are moms, dads, kids, sons, daughters. We want their lives to mean something. It's not just, hey, we're going to send 2,000 troops in this one area and it's just a statistic. Like yeah. looking at this stuff and you and I have experienced that, dude, it's just a map on a board and like, oh, okay, well, you know, all right, well, we got that up there. And and, and then you're, you're in, 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 I'm not saying that we did this, but then it, it turns into an agitation to where you're hoping something happens. And, you know, we should be hoping that, all right, we're not here to, you know, cause problems and, and unleash violence. But when we do unleash violence, it is absolutely violent so no one else wants to do it again like oh man screw that because and that was that's the whole point department of defense right i mean that's really it so yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah man i mean because i I, and and think the same thing going back to law enforcement i mean it just i i hurt for my friends that are cops man because i don't want them to you know sit in their squad car and be shot at and or out with their families and and be you know you know, victimized because they're, they're just trying, they're, they're out there to try and do the best job that they can. And, and, you know, they're trying to do the the good cop, but the system is really pushing them not to be good cops. And that's just the truth of it. They don't, if they don't ever learn, you know, what the, the basics are, right? Like, Hey man, you're, you're here to protect rights first and foremost. That's it. Like you're here to stop the people who are murdering and thieving and raping and kidnapping and coercing and defrauding and vandalizing and thieving and and robbing people. Like that's your job. That's why in the beginning, when we had peace officers, cops knew what they were doing was real damn dangerous, right? Like you're going after, you know, Cowards who prey upon people, but if they're desperate enough, they'll use violence, right? Because they, they're used to force and coercion. And then something happened. 
something changed, man. And it was we're law enforcement now. We're just going to we're just going to do whatever the legislator tells us we have to do. That became a real problem because they didn't, you know, they didn't respect rights anymore. And they started looking at the peaceful people as cash revenue. Now, you know, it was a much easier job. You know, that, the, the war on drugs, obviously, is just one of those bountiful black market things because they can't stop it. So they know that, you know, if they go and they, you know, cage people and, and you know, make giant drug bust, it's going to be more revenue for their department. And so, I don't know, it, it got flipped over on his head. And I, and I feel bad that they don't know that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, you know, hey, you know, as libertarians, we want you to be safer. You know, we want you to we want you not to have to go after drugs and, you know, prostitution. We don't want you guys to have to go after, you know, people with guns, right? Like ATF and FBI and the rest of you guys. Look, you know, rights are rights, man. And bump stocks and fully automatic and suppressors and short barrel rifles. You name it, man. Like any really, you know, sop mod type of weaponry, that's part of our right to own it without asking permission or paying taxes or, you know, duties or whatever it is, uh, you know, stamps or it's like, you know, we, you guys got to back the fuck off, man. Like that's, you, you can't be in your community's private lives the way you are unless they're breaking like the, you know, the mortal sin of forcing coercion against other people. It's crazy. So what do you say to the individual who's kind of like on the fence and going, wait a second, um, you start letting people just take drugs how they want and have the weapons that they want and then sell their body, their body how they want. I mean, you're going to have all these crimes. You're going to have it's going to go up. We're going to have a bunch of crazy people. Violence is going to go up. What do you say to that? I, I don't believe it. And I, I think it's fear mongering so that they can control those markets. Those are markets, right? You own you. Um, Rothbard is a great read in terms of the philosophy on property and human expenditure of energy and life. And when you toil and put your life into something, um, first and foremost, you own you and whatever you find and change in nature it, with, you know, with your time and with your work and effort is yours. You have a claim to these things. So if you want to choose to, you know, get some cannabis and use it, Man, as long as you don't do those things that I talk about, the murder, rape, assault, kidnapping, uh, theft, you know, vandalism, th those things. If you don't do those things, I don't give a shit. What so there it is right there. There's still accountability. And I think right. that's the piece that's missing. And this is one of the things I, I always had with being in the military and being in the Marines is people were freaking out because this group was going to be allowed in or this was going to be in. It's like. You know, the UCMJ isn't changing. There's still accountability. You still have to yeah. be a military person. So whatever the case may be, they change the hair rig or they, they do something dramatic yeah. where people just freak out. I'm like, wait a second. There's That's still accountability. Uh, I mean, it's it just crazy how people this, and, and you know, and this goes back and I was one of them, you know, I, I was in when we used to didn't have name tags and then yeah. when we had to go to name tags. It was almost pure anarchy across the Marine Corps. Like, name tags we freaked out 
freaked out dude it was i, I, I mean if there was social media back then it would have been livid dude like it would have been so, awesome oh, to man, bring so it funny. back up good thing there wasn't because i would been one of those jackasses going this is bullshit <laughs> well, what year was that <laughs> oh my god i don't even remember dude like dude I'm, yeah it was early, a while like, early 90s yeah it had to been because i came in 89 so it was definitely i believe it was right after my first four years it was somewhere in okay. you know year five through eight probably and yeah it was a freak out absolute oh, freak out dude i never heard that before oh my goodness it cracks me up when you get to old marines dude like you know <laughs> go, go hit them up hey man so do you have, and also the guys with the white t-shirt it was the same freak well, yeah. we got, we're losing white t- like why would you want a white t-shirt you're you're supposed to be camouflaged dude <laughs> oh man it's crazy man but i mean i think that really says but i love the fact that you bring it out well you still are accountable to society and I, same thing with jobs like people are like oh man we're gonna have truck drivers going off the road but they're still accountable because if they're if they're not accountable they're not gonna have if, if they're not accountable obviously those things are gonna happen but an employer is gonna expect people just like they do with alcohol you're gonna have to be sober when you're doing these things and you can't yeah. be doing and if it affects your job performance then you're not gonna have a job here uh, same thing with uh you know businesses you know, when you look at businesses, you're going to look at what appeals to you, what doesn't, what you're going to be able to accept and and do that. Like the whole mask thing is a, is a good example, like people freaking out with the mask. And I'm like this, you know what? If you don't want to wear a mask, don't go there. You have that choice, you know? Well, you know, I go there to get all my food. Well, you can go someplace else and get a food. I mean, there are places that I know there's gas stations out here. I want to throw them out there, but they're oh, like, man. I don't care. You wear a I'll mask. You what, I, I want to shout out to Wilkes Meat Market here in North Georgia and in, in ball ground. Uh, I walked in there uh, to, to buy some dinner for Christmas and none of the staff had on masks. And I was, I was so happy, Brian. I can't even begin to tell you, you know, the smiling faces, the greetings, the, man, I miss seeing people's smiles man i miss people yes. being like I, I you know how we are we can't hear shit right because of all the right. damn you know loud noises but like you when when you see people's face and they're nice and they're courteous and they can talk to you while you're doing whatever you're doing right like and they treat you like you know you're their main effort you know and and that's the thing is like that's that's when 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 you get treated like that and you see people's faces, like I was just like, I was blown away, man. Like this is awesome. I I can't stand the fact that, especially here in Georgia, the bureaucratic nightmare that mom and pop and small business has been inundated with by these guys. I mean, it's got to stop. And that's the thing. It's like here, like they're threatening people in terms of what they're doing with their business. Right. You know, by the Georgia department of health. And you're like, this has got, this cannot stand. And so I, I appreciate the businesses out there that are saying, no, you know what? This is our businesses or our livelihood. You can go get a damn warrant. Show me the law, right? Don't tell me about the executive order. Show me the law where this is happening. So yeah, man, that's, uh, that's right. I mean, this thing is if you're a business and you believe your mass work and all that kind of stuff, and that's what you demand on your private property and business. Fine. Like, that's cool. Like this, you with all this stuff, you know, you do like, it's just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean in the private sector, you're going to get to do it anyway. Right. You you can't just, your employer's not going to be cool with you doing heroin. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Or meth or like, you're like, nah, man, like, 
you're you're still going to be that dude that is not employed anymore if you show up and, and and go against the wishes of your employer. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah, I I, I think you, you kind of hit on a note as well with the whole like the you're getting the full effect of the human side when people aren't masked up. And I you're not the only person that said that. Uh, one of the people that one of my colleagues uh, mentioned uh, just the same thing. He's like, I, I've always told people like, hey, I'm smiling on my mask. And he's he's a, he's a person that expressed <laughs> yeah. like and, it, and it's sad. You're missing that human equation. And on top of it, it's just re- let's just be honest here. Like whoever's listening, whatever state you're in, country, wherever. It's a game we're playing because when I go to a restaurant, we walk in, we go put our mask on, and as soon as we get to the table, and we're spending 98% of our time at our table, our mask is off. But right. for some reason, that's okay. But when, as soon as I walk through that door, I got to have it's a, it's a game we're playing. And I see that with a lot of places. And there's a lot of stores I see people walking around without masks. And I, I'm cool with that. I do it too. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I mean, and, but, it goes back to this way. So in out in my area in Moore County, there's a group here that is like very anti-mask and they're making everybody known. But we're I think we lose opportunity when we talk about freedom and liberty and they're not, the people are talking about their rights. Well, people that wear masks, that's their right too. Sure. Like you don't and it, it works both ways. And that's what that's the blue and red argument. And if you're just def- beating down on the other person and saying you suck because you're you're doing what I don't like, well, that's their choice. That's absolutely yeah. their choice. Why is it your business? It's kind of like, like all the things that we try and teach our kids. Hey, that's not, stay, that's not your business. Stay out of that. We, I remember hearing that so many times. Like, why was I concerned about what that person was doing or why were they wearing those things or whatever? Why is that your business? It's not. Yeah. It, well, it is I, not. I mean, as a, as a guy that came over from the Republican party, you know, in my whole entire life, I was told at school, like, man, you know, say no to dope. And there was the dare program and there was the constant, commercials about you know if you smoke cannabis or back when they called it marijuana um for ethnic reefer madness yeah, right like, <laughs> you were just told like this is your brain on drugs any questions you're like oh, right i remember those that, commercials too that that's when, right when i finally got enough courage to try cannabis i was like what the fuck are they talking about and i don't think that like most people who haven't done cannabis understand like go try it it's a plant. It's amazing. Like it is one of those things. Like if you're comfortable in your own skin and you trust yourself and you can, you know, be in a, in a moment, the first few times that you are getting used to it, that stuff is a mind opener. And on top of it, you get there, you get the secondary, you know, kick in the butt is like, what the fuck is the government talking about? This is a bad thing, man. I, I hang out. I, I talk to people. I love people. All my buddies and- I grew up with did. Marijuana, dude. For myself, and like you're just sitting there going, like these are a bunch of motherfucking liars, man. (laughs) And then, and that's what you have to come to the conclusion is: why would anybody make this feeling where you're accountable and you're loving and you're transparent and you're, you know, like some of the best people I know are cannabis users, obviously within within reason, right? Like they have the, the right time of day. Their shit's knocked out. They're super successful people. And, you know, they do it to either relax and unwind, but at the same time, think. And, like, I think it's a thinking man's drug. More people do it than people realize, too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's it's kind of like the whole sex ring things. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. No, you should. Or, you know, like, this stuff shouldn't be surprising. You want to hear my story about why I've never touched drugs, man? You've never touched cannabis? Ever. I've, I've never had a drug in my life, dude, other oh, than, you know, prescription. Me. 
So I want to tell you the secret. Hey, parents, get, you know, get up really. You might want to tape this part. So I tried dipping and smoking <laughs> at the same time in seventh grade, dude. I was we were at like a dance and I was like, yeah, I tried that. I, tried, I was all like, yeah, what's up, dude? I'll, I'll try it. Oh, I've never been so sick in my life. I to like right now. I'm starting to like feel it in my gut, dude. Like I, I'm laughing because I know that feeling. Oh my goodness! Same thing. I was like, dude, if I cannot handle tobacco, I'm so terrified. What anything else that enters my body wouldn't do to me, dude. So I never, I never tried it, dude. I just, sure. it just wasn't one of those things. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like all my buddies they used to go. The when I in this neighborhood I lived in. Uh, a good buddy of mine, his name was Jeremy, and uh, my friend James, uh, who I was really close with growing up, they used to go, his mom grew pot in the house. And so this is like, no kidding, like mid-80s, guys. Wow. She she was total still on the hippie thing, and she was a, she was a great lady. Yeah, she grew it all in the house, and they would go into this busted VW bug in the front yard, and that's how they smoked, and they always roll the window down to kind of the Cheech and Chong moment, and yeah. like, hey, you want to come in, man? Every time, no, nah, I'm good, dude. Just hang out here. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell you right now. I, I found that. I mean, like as a as a guy that you know was very straight laced about this kind of stuff. I had my mind changed immediately when I tried. It. I'm immediately, and and I, I I definitely sympathize with the chaw and the dip story, man. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I wanted to throw up within five minutes. Yeah, and my buddy Matt and I won't say his last name because we were like I think we we're twelve years old, and you were hanging out at the baseball diamond out in center field. Uh, in, in the in the actual football um, announcement where, you know, obviously they're not keeping score out there. Nobody's there. So we went up there and put in a dip. And I was just like, this is bullshit, man. Like, I can't do this kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I tried. Beer. I'm so dizzy. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I think I was 15 when I tried, you know, drinking a hot Milwaukee's best that we used to snack. Yes. So somebody's old man. And I was like, this fucking sucks too. Right. But like, I was like, 21 years old or something when I first tried cannabis. I was like, right. oh, what is this? This is different. And right. I like I laughed my ass off with a bunch of great people that I'm still friends with to this day. We had some, you know, Doritos or something, probably killed an entire bag by myself that night. And the music felt great, like you could feel it. And then I went to bed. I got the best night's sleep I ever had and so like you know like I, I only did it a handful of times for the marine corps and then and you know i got out and i think it was like 2015 i went out to colorado where shit's you know like hey man i'm your bud tender what do you want i'm like i don't know man tell me <laughs> <laughs> like he gave me some you know stuff that wasn't you know what we used to call mexican ditch weed right with the sticks and the seeds and popping and all that kind of stuff in it <laughs> And it was really nice stuff. It, yeah. I think they called it Asian blonde or something. And I sat around with another guy that I loved to death, you know, like we're best, you know, I didn't know him a couple of years before that. And now it's like, he's my brother and we laughed and we had a great conversation. And I'll tell you right now, man, like over the years, it gave me back my empathy. It, you know, it, it was one of those things where I was so calloused from thinking, you know, about life in terms of, you know, kind of military mission mindset, mm -hmm. right? Like mission was everything to us. And if you didn't accomplish your mission, you were, I mean, you were shit birds and you were disgraced to your unit. Like you really were not just your unit, like the, the Marine Corps. Why? Because Marines, the, the Marines got great cop propaganda because they really yeah. inject the entire history in you. And they're like, yeah. don't fail because you don't. fail all these dudes and all these ladies that were Marines. 
yeah, you die failing. Yeah. Okay. That's and that's it, you do you carry it with you for the rest of your life. Now the propaganda is good. It, it's amazing. And the thing is, it's like in the back of my head, I'm still that I'm going to accomplish kind of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, man, like it gave me back my empathy to the point where I was like, huh, maybe I need to chill the fuck out. Maybe I need to look at my kids as like little kids. Remember right. what it's like to be six and seven. And dad would come home and, you know, he's, he's tired and he, you know, doesn't want to hear a whole lot of loud noises. He wants to see a clean house and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like you got to just look at it act like you're the six year old or seven year old. And, and that's what I had to do. It's just like, instead of going over there and giving them the business, you just go over there and give them a hug and a kiss. They, you know, that's like, that's what it did for me. And, and I'm telling you, like, I, I see it as, you know, great medicine, especially for people, you know, that have done, you know, what we've done or, you know, whatever you're, you know, maybe you got some post-traumatic stress of some sort. It doesn't have to be from combat. Like, it's just life, man. Right. I don't know. After 2020, I'm pretty sure, yeah, there's a lot of people that dealing with some mental issues. Really benefit from (laughs) from all getting together. Right. a nice long toke in a conversation instead of it, it, instead of feeling like we all hate each other and, and all that. Kind right. Of stuff. We have so much. That's what gets me when you actually get down to the meat of what people are upset about and what they want in their own life. We have so much in common. We have so much yeah. in common, but we're allowing ourselves to fight over again, those scraps. And we're fighting over a team instead of what we're trying to solve. And we're not focused on we're and that's a distraction. We're more focused on, we want this team to win. It has to be that team, but we're not focused on, Hey, let's solve this problem. And to yeah. me, that's where I like the last show. I was like, I want to start injecting where people, and that's a big reason I wanted to talk to you this week. Uh, and I want people to start, finding out ways where they can get involved. I understand, you know, just holding on to that job right now is everything. And this last Thanksgiving, that was one of the things like, you know, I, I, things I was grateful. Hey, I, you know, I'm glad I wasn't one of those people that was affected uh, with the whole job thing. I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm grateful for that. But you, you know, so there's people out there that, yeah, man, they're, they're, they're worried about that stuff, but you, the, accountability for your elected officials, understanding how to co- connect with them, contact them and hold mm-hmm. them accountable. Like write those, e- there's never been an easier time to communicate to someone than right now. You take 10 minutes, write two sentences. I'm one of those guys. I have no problem sitting down. I have already some letter templates. No kidding. Where I'm like, okay, I'm upset about this today that this congressman's doing do, 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 change this, change that. Da, 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 da. Here's my comments. Boom. I send it out. And it does matter and now you take one letter it's not going to carry a lot of weight but if you start seeing a bunch of people sending that in because the problem is we're arguing about stuff at, when we're it's too late we're arguing about things after someone's already been elected we're arguing about things after laws have already been passed where's all that argument way early when that bill didn't just hit the floor and then you miraculously on you know the next day was law i mean it had to go through a process and you know for most bills you know i'm not talking about yeah. the, like the omnibuses that they rush through and all that kind of stuff <laughs> I'm, I'm talking yeah. about like the regular bill where there's no thing and then how things are amended and attached to it and, and whatnot and then engaging with that representative and doing that and then understanding where does it really fall in line with the Constitution? And I think one of the arguments I always have with people, and when I say argument, it's not like like we're we're fist to cup. It's like a debate. Is people understanding that, you know, you know, three separate powers of government equal but separate? They don't have to accept the others, and, and that's what's great were, about it. They were, you know, they, they were thought and at least argued by the the Federalists 
that they would check and balance each other. The anti-federalists all through the right. bullshit. But <laughs> right. nobody, nobody gets taught the anti-federalists, right? It's like, yeah, it, 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 that would be great, you know? And that's the thing is like, that's why I think I'm, you know, I, I, this is going to be a different run, right? Is I'm, I'm, I'm seeking the nomination for governor here in, in, you know, 2022. And it's going to be a different kind of run because before I've been running for legislatures and, right. you know, you, you're only part of a body as the executive, you are the, you're setting a pace, you're setting a tone, you're setting a direction, man. Enforcement. Right. Yep. And that's where you can actually really shine as a, as a, as a leader, you know, and you know, if there is one thing that the Marine Corps does and it does well, it does make people leaders good or bad, right? Like, yes, they, agree. Make decisions under pressure, and you are fine with owning the responsibility, you know, and I say this for most people, um, not all, but a lot. And so if you can be that person as an executive who is saying, no, executive branch, you report to me now. And this is what we're going to be doing. We are going to leave people alone. And if you don't, I'm going to send the full force of the executive after you. Right. So. Like that's a different type of understanding. Like that's nobody, nobody stands up to government. Nobody holds government accountable anymore. And, you know, people can get involved. You know, you don't have to run for governor or some, you know, U.S. house. Like you don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. And really, I don't at this point, I don't think people believe that if they did and they, they there was a vote that they, they could, could trust it anyway. So what you could do right now is local. Repair Absolutely. relationships and try to find common ground so that people know you're not the monster that you're made out to be on TV by whatever other side there is. It's just, hey, man, I know these guys. And yeah, man, he may be a little more like this. But let me tell you something. Like, they're good people, you know, through and through. And that's I'll tell you, man, this, this is a, one of the coolest stories that I had for the whole thing. Um, is when I when I was nominated for this the Senate run, what we do as libertarians um, at our convention is you, you just go up and you stand in front of the auditorium and the people who are actually members of the LP that show up and they vote, man. So not only are you running, you know, you, you're st- standing in front of a crowd of your peers who are, I'll tell you right now, some of the smartest people I've ever met. They, they're voting to say, not you, not you. And oh, by the way, on this uh, platform. There's also a non-existent being called Noda. None of the above. Wow. You don't get that out of Democrats and Republicans. So libertarians, honestly, if they have a bad enough candidate, they can go, nah, fuck that guy. We're voting Noda, right? Right. And so I was up there with this guy, uh, Chase Oliver, and Chase is a a guy from Atlanta. And I didn't know anything about him other than I was like, dude, you look real familiar, man. Where are you from? And it turns out we went to the same high school. Only Chase grew up as a progressive and was, well, I should say he chose the progressive route because his parents were, you know, really, really conservative. But he's also a gay man here in Atlanta, right? Right. And I was like, you went to Brookwood? And he's like, yeah. I was like, you know, what year's graduating? You graduated a couple years after I did and everything. And he goes, yeah, we probably wouldn't have sit at the same lunch table, though. And I was like, why is that? And he goes, well, you know, I was, I, I was a progressive and I'm guessing because you were a jock that you weren't. And I was like, yeah, no, man, I was in, you know, God. I mean, so <laughs> look at, you know, like, 
we, there, there was a bunch of admin bullshit going on. We had a lot of time to just sit there and talk and be, you know, very anxious about what was going to happen anyway. But we found this common ground. I was sitting there going like, hey, man, this is a liberty moment, right? Like, this is one of those things where I could go, I'm sitting here with a former progressive as a former neocon, and we've agreed on some real core, key, consistent principles that are super basic. And we can live in harmony and peace and love with each other. Right. And I'll tell you what, like that was a moment that I was just like, this is the future. If we can show people how to do this and what it takes, you know, go put away your pride, go put away your past, forgive, love, stand in a moment, that kind of stuff, man, that is what I think really just gets people excited to be around other people is, Hey man, I accept you. I know we're different. I know we've got some past. I know we're, you know, like we're not perfect beings, but I accept you for who you are. Just don't hurt people and don't take their fucking stuff. Like that's right. Cool, man. You're, you're down. Oh man, I'm down too. Like it's like, I don't know, man. I, I, I wish more people could hear the message. I, uh, you just kill them with it. I, uh, I share with my uh, kids, uh, you know, um, my oldest son, he has Down syndrome, so uh, it's a little bit different in the, with, with him uh, because he's always going to be in my life, so I'm always going to be that layer of protection. Um, the, the younger one, I'm going to send off in the world, so it's going to be a little different how, obviously, that I yeah. impart lessons with him. And one thing I share with my son, Austin, is I apply the neighbor principle. The neighbor principle to Brian Plummer is this. Most of my neighbors, I can't honestly say I like each and every one of them, but if any <laughs> one of them needed me, I would be there. Damn right. I do not have to like them. I do not have to agree with them, but if they are my neighbor and they need assistance, you need food, you need shelter, your kids need to be watched, you you know, something's going on with your Jump house, start, whatever it may tired, be, whatever. I am, you know what, and I'm so grateful and, and my wife's just naturally like that. And I think... You know, watching her has been more of a motivator in many aspects. She is that person, that mom on the block that a lot of, you know, other wives go to and, you know, for assistance or whatever. And I'm like, man, that is just a good thing. So if we as an individual can just apply the neighbor principle, all that will take care of itself. I really believe that a lot of that stuff. When we just look at people like I'm not here to judge anyone. You be who you feel. If you're you're a peacock, be a peacock. I may look at you and not think you're a peacock, but hey, that's fine. You just right. be who you want to be, and I'm cool with that. And again, you don't hurt anybody. You don't try and take the stuff. You don't try and apply force on someone so you can, you know, so everyone's made to believe you're a peacock, then that's a little bit different. But I mean, I, it's so easy to solutions because we teach our kids these lessons. If we just apply the yeah. lessons that we teach our kids, a lot of the stuff will solve itself. And, and I, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, more people have got to start getting involved at, in their community and it should start at the lower level. I mean, and just get involved. And that's, you know, I, I did that and it's going to start there. I've already had people hit me up, said, man, why don't you run for council? So I'm not there yet, man. I mean, I, you gotta, and I think right. what it is, you have to look at when you take that on, cause you're like me, if I take it on, I'm going to be fully responsible for it. Yeah. Right. You have to make sure your life is set up to be responsible for it because well, you better check with your, your yes, significant other. Right? Absolutely. Because that I'll tell you what, man, when, when they talked about having great women behind amazing men and all, or and I should say amazing women behind great men, that's, you can't be a great man. If your significant other, you know, isn't on board with this thing. I agree, and man. Agree. No way. Absolutely agree. And because it is, it's, it, they're, they're going through it with you and, and, you know, it's, it's not a pretty, uh, site. 
Um, people are more. Yeah, it's not. People are just more. Once they once they see that it really doesn't affect you all that much, you know, and you can right. laugh at the bullshit, then they're okay with it. But you know, a lot of people can't laugh at that. They get mad. Oh man, people call me names. People don't like me. You know, you better be that. Per- yeah. Like I'm telling you, Marines are made for this kind of stuff. Absolutely, because they don't give. They have zero fucks. It always when it always starts with this. Is that guy a Marine? I don't care. <laughs> They ain't a Marine. I don't give a rat's ass. Um, <laughs> Marine checks you. You might think about it. Like, well, let me think about it for a second. It's <laughs> so, so funny. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, this is like, no, oh, no, I don't really don't give a shit. And like, Oh, you got, you called me what man? Better people have called me far worse. Far right. fucking worse. Like, I don't, okay, sure. You don't like <laughs> better people that I loved you. And probably the people that love me the most. Yes. Because they took the damn time to tell me how jacked up I was. Right, dude. It's great. Well, man, we've been going for about an hour, 15 minutes. I know you got to get back into, you know, getting your house in order as far as, you know, getting your move in and stuff. And I really do appreciate the time, dude. And I think we should try and do this a little bit more. I I would love to do this like every couple of months with you, man. Just catch up with you. And because I think you have so much good, you are truly a scholar at, Oh. You know, when we talk about liberty and freedom, you can tell people exactly what that is, how it aligns with our founding fathers. There's so many things that we miss out on and we got to stop the chance. We have to dig into the knowledge. There's never been a time where we haven't had more access to knowledge. You know, yeah. It just blows my mind how we could be so stupid. And and I always <laughs> tell the military, like when I, because I still work with the military and I, I tell people that we now have the lowest level of troops having access to the most senior leaders briefs. So they are informed and we yeah. still jack it up. Crazy. That makes no sense, but I really do appreciate your time. And, well, and Hey, Brian, let me, let me tell you, man, that, like, I love you, man. You know, anytime you want to talk and be like, Hey, you, you just got to throw it at me and go, Hey, this week on this day, let's make it happen. And I'm like, yeah, of course you're Brian Plum. Fuck yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Shit. I'm kind of a yeah, big deal. Uh, y'all like, no, man, I, I, serious man like this this has been this has been such a blessing to be able to you know reach back and and talk with you know you and a bunch of other guys and you know really kind of you know see how people have come along and and what they're doing it's just it's fantastic oh i'm so proud of you man when i looked and saw how many votes that you garnered i was (laughs) like you know what but that means something man and you know what these next couple years the libertarian party this is opportunity. Just like when I looked yeah. at the Capitol, what I was telling people was like, well, this is a opportunity here and you need to seize that. This is, this is people saying, Hey, I now have an emptiness. I'm ready to put something in there. And yeah. you know what? Comfortable. Finally. Yep. There, there, there's an opportunity here and I, I'm more than happy to help. If you all are in the Georgia area, I encourage you uh, what Shanehazel.com, right? You still got that side up? Yeah, man, we're going to be working on that. Um, with everything going on, I've even had somebody contact me the other day. Uh, this like, hey man, your website sucks. <laughs> I was like, yes, because I do it. <laughs> I tell everything else I'm doing. So, and he's like, yeah, man, my wife, uh, she'll help you out with it. And I was like, oh, right, you're hired. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and to do this kind of stuff. I was like, cool. So yeah, let's. Uh, uh, you can you can find out uh, you know some things there, but uh, Radical is the show. Um, you can listen to Radical on every major uh, podcatcher out there. So 
Uh, it's radicalpod.com. There's links to it and Twitter and Facebook and all that fun stuff. And so, I'll make sure to have that stuff in the show notes. And I will make sure to put that stuff uh, that people can go to and, and learn more about constitutional scoring, where they can get information about the representatives. Uh, that's just great information, Shane. I appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, thank your family for allowing me to sit down with you for this long. Um, but I don't want to get you in trouble. So, hey, thanks, brother. I love you too, man. I'm proud right, of you. Brother. Well, hey, yeah, I appreciate everything, and we'll talk real soon. Word. Peace.